Hello, my fellow health seekers, and welcome back to Primity, where we find simple techniques to help address modern problems for our primitive bodies. My name is Andrew Pafford, and I'm a health and wellness professional with over a decade of experience helping Olympic athletes, desk jockeys, and seniors achieving their goals and improving their quality of life. In the spirit of wanting to undermine our complex lifestyles with more simple, primitive alternatives, today I want to discuss a link between nutrition and skin health, more specifically, acne. Acne can affect populations for all kinds and for various reasons. In that statement, I would like to note that today's suggestions are by no means meant to countermand doctor's orders. I'm not a physician, nor do I pretend to play one in the real world or the internet. That being said, the information discussed today can be used to better help drive a conversation with your doctor, or if you have not yet begun treatment, then these are some easy at-home lifestyle modifications that are well within the realm of attempting before seeking treatment. Further, these could very well provide a means to supplant any over-the-counter creams, cosmetics, etc. that you may be currently using with little to no effect. So with this in mind, today we're going to discuss some of the mechanisms through which one might develop acne, how nutrition can affect those mechanisms, and how we can better control nutrition to prevent the hijacking of those mechanisms that can lead to acne. As is typical, we need to give ourselves a baseline of how the body works, which enable us to understand the mechanisms that cause it to go awry, to then better ascertain possible solutions. So applying this thought process on today's topic, we will begin with the skin. A great deal of our skin not only contains hair follicles, and not just on scalp, but also oil glands called sebaceous glands. These glands are responsible for secreting oil, called sebum, that helps keep our skin moist, or rather to trap moisture under the layer of oil to prevent it from evaporating and thus leading to a quickening of becoming dehydrated since we would be dumping water at that point and turning into crusty critters. These glands lie just beneath the surface of the skin, so once the oil is produced, it can quickly reach the surface through our pores. Now, acne can form when these channels become blocked. Different types of acne can arise depending on the consequence of that blockage quickly cover some of those scenarios. First type is what we know as a whitehead, or in the medical term, a closed comedone. A whitehead is when the pore gets covered with skin with bacteria trapped inside. The bacteria can feed on the sebum and continue to replicate, creating an infection. Blackheads, or open comedones, are when the pore is not blocked, but the sebum has become stuck, possibly from bacterial obstruction and the sebum has solidified. Sebum oxidizes with the air, causing it to turn black, hence the name. Papules are larger than the first two, where the bacteria have replicated to such an extent that the immune system has become aware and begun to mount an immune response. This can cause an increase in size that can then lead to pustules, which are now red with inflammation and typically quite large due to the amount of bacteria white blood cells mounting their defense, and bacterial product, typically known as pus. So this gives us a little of a rundown on different, quote, types of acne, but also the mechanism through which that they can appear. Now, the classic convention has been that hormones play the critical factor in acne development, and this is certainly true. However, as many people can attest, acne is not limited to a puberty issue or necessarily a hormonal imbalance. 
Other factors that cause acne might be well within our purview of prevention. Today, in particular, we want to explore the role of nutrition on acne. Yes, the very food that you can eat can affect the formation of acne. If malnutrition or poor nutrition can lead to brittle nails, dehydration, etc., and can cause rough, dry skin, is it really hard to believe that different types of food that we eat could have control of other factors regarding our skin? So to kick off today, we'll look at our first study called A Low Glycemic Load Diet Improves Symptoms in Acne Vulgaris Patients, a Randomized Controlled Trial by Robin Smith and others. Acne vulgaris, of course, being the official medical term for acne. 54 male participants began the study, of which only 43 could be counted, as the others withdrew for varying reasons. 20 of the remaining participants were placed in a control group, and 23 were placed on a low-glycemic load diet. Be sure to see the show notes for links, as we're not stating many of the other critical factors that were controlled for, for the sake of time and for us to get to the juicy part. At the end of the 12-week period, the low-glycemic load group had a 45% reduction in inflammatory lesion count, and a 51% reduction in total count of lesion compared to the control group. So they had fewer whiteheads, blackheads, and pustules. The control group only saw a reduction of 23% and 31% respectively, meaning 23% lower inflammatory and 31% overall count. Suffice to say, those numbers are not insignificant. One possible explanation provided is that insulin stimulates the synthesis of androgens, which are known to increase sebum production. Remember, we already identified puberty plays a role in acne. Androgens are a group of hormones that basically make puberty happen, the big one being testosterone. So if insulin increases androgen production, and androgens increase sebum production, and increased sebum production is tied to acne, then surprise, surprise, our high glycemic diets, aka foods in highly available carbohydrates, now have a direct connection to acne. Now, regarding the previous study, for the sake of transparency, we need to make a couple points. Number one, the patients were male only. This is a detriment to the power of the study. Now, not to fault them, because sometimes we have to work with what we're given, so this, but the study certainly sheds light on possible correlation, but with no females in the study, it can't be seen as being terribly strong. Two, the number of participants was not terribly high, with only 23 participants being involved in the experimental group. And three, it was also noted that participants, that all participants, lost weight during the study. Weight loss is correlated with increased insulin sensitivity, meaning the body doesn't need as much insulin to get the job done, which in turn would have an effect on androgen production. For this reason, it's hard to identify it was if it was the lower carbs or the weight loss that lowered insulin, and thus its effect on androgen, and thus the effect on acne. Suffice to say, if people are cutting out carbs and losing weight, that's still a win-win, and they're getting less acne. So decreasing your carbohydrate intake, or I'm sorry, having foods lower in glycemic index might not be a bad idea if your diet currently consists of lots of foods that are high in the glycemic index. Foods that are with simple sugars that your body can really absorb, like candy bars and soda and junk food. This means we can't definitively say that the lower carbohydrate diet can cure acne. However, it does make a compelling case for controlling insulin 
to help mitigate its effect on androgen production. And the best way to do that is eating foods, as I mentioned. Now, another study was done in 1997 called Predictors of Severity of Acne Vulgaris in Young Adolescent Girls, results of a five-year longitudinal study by A.W. Lucky and others. This study followed 871 girls, approximately age 10 to 11 years, for five years each. What they were able to determine is girls who received their menarche earlier, or when they first received their menstrual cycle, had more severe acne than those who received their menarche significantly later. They concluded that the girls who had higher DHEAS, a compound you might recall is talking about in episode 5 and is also subsequently an androgen, underwent menarche sooner and had more severe acne. They indicated that DHEAS levels appeared to be an indicator for acne severity. Now, this is pretty important, as we now have a study with 871 individuals that they were able to tease out and make correlations to. This is a high, high-powered number of participants, which gives this study strong, strong power. But let's consider some things. First, as we've previously established, DHEAS is the storage form of DHEA, which is the active form. So the shorthand you can think of as the S stands for storage. So DHAS does not directly have an impact on hormones as it's just storage. Second, DHEA, the active form, actually has very low androgenic potency, meaning DHEA in and of itself does not actually act upon any of the channels, mechanisms, what have you, that androgens do. However, DHEA does, and I'm going to quote the Mayo Clinic laboratories here, serve as the major direct or indirect precursor for most sex steroids. Translation, the more DHEA slash DHEAS one were to have, the greater the likelihood the body can convert those compounds into sex hormones that drive puberty, testosterone, estrogen, etc., this is important because not only does it reaffirm how sex hormones drive acne, it gives us another angle to look at from a nutritional impact. Can nutrition impact sex hormones and through the transitive property, acne? So now comes a very strong piece of literature. This is dietary fat and polyunsaturated fatty acid intakes during childhood are prospectively associated with puberty timing independent of dietary protein by Yuji, Zhu, and others. Now, this one is very important, as this pulls information from a large-scale, nationwide, ongoing, longitudinal study in China. This means that the data is gathered from a large body of participants over a long period of time, giving it extreme strength in terms of drawing connections. In this particular case, 5,920 children were included in the study, giving it great power, or translation, a couple outliers aren't going to throw off the data, leading to incorrect conclusions to be made. There's a lot of data in here, but the takeaway is this. Girls who had a higher intake of dietary fat were more likely to go through puberty and experience menarche sooner than those with lower dietary, with lower dietary fat intake. Similarly, boys also experienced signs of puberty sooner with a higher intake of fat than those with lower fat intake. This means that dietary fat plays a large role in sex hormones in puberty, 
And while not measured in this particular study, is a safe connection to make that acne was increased given the information that we established in the previous study. Now, this particular study, however, goes on to further differentiate that not all fat contributes to this equally. The study determined that higher childhood habitual total fat and P, uh, polyunsaturated fatty acids, or PUFAs, that higher childhood habitual total fat and PUFA intakes were associated with subsequent earlier timing of puberty. However, monounsaturated fatty acids or saturated fatty acids was not associated with any puberty markers. The study is specifically calling out PUFAs as driving earlier puberty, which means greater upticks in androgen, which means greater upticks in precursors needed to make those androgens, which means those precursors that we established in the 1997 study are associated with greater severity of acne. So foods higher in PUFAs and an overall dietary and an overall high dietary intake of fat can be linked with greater prevalence and severity of acne. So let's recap what we've covered today. Acne is a condition that can be driven by hormone changes. It can absolutely be caused by hygiene, but for people who struggle with chronic acne, we'll likely have taken steps to make sure that hygiene is not the driving factor. Hormones linked to acne are called androgens and have a strong role in puberty and sexual development. Insulin has been shown to have a probable effect on the synthesis of androgens, so foods higher on the glycemic index can cause insulin spikes that would drive androgen production and thus acne. High dietary fat intake has been strongly correlated with androgen production, specifically polyunsaturated fatty acids. Common foods that are high in those PUFAs include many of your seed and nut-based products, such as but not limited to peanut butter and various seed oils that you might find added to many products. Now let's keep our frame of reference. These are possible lifestyle changes for those suffering from severe acne to potentially help abate their condition. This is not meant to demonize any of these products or call for boycotts. Remember, all good things come in moderation. Some people suffering from acne might find that they are having sugary and or fatty foods or foods with oils on a daily basis that could be driving their skin condition. This would be a nice wake-up call to seek a little diversity in their diet, which I think everyone can agree on is a good thing to have. So that ought to about cover our topic today on nutrition and potential impacts on acne. We're always curious to hear what you're curious about, so please send us your requests and suggestions to info at primity.org. As always, strength comes in many forms, from within and without, so be strong to be useful. I'm Andrew Pafford, and I look forward to speaking to you again on our next episode. Take care.